Are you stuck on where to start when it comes to getting in shape, feeling more confident in your body, or eating right? I want to break the idea that you have to stick to a diet and crazy workout routine in order to be healthy and reach your goals. Hi guys, I'm Emily Kaufman. I was a burnt out Division 1 athlete, turned stay at home couch potato, now turned group fitness junkie. If you're ready to ditch finding the perfect diet and workout routines that make you feel weak, this is the place for you. Welcome to the tribe, Girls Gone Healthy. Hey guys, welcome to the first ever Girls Gone Healthy book club. As you can tell from the title, I kind of wanted to name it something fun, so I thought FitLit, like fitness literature, kind of tied in healthy a little bit. It's a work in progress, but... I thought it was just something fun and so if you didn't listen to the episode where I announced the book club I just want to take a little bit of time here to kind of go into what my goal is and so I love having the candid conversations on my podcast and I love being able to share my stories but I feel like it's all me talking to you and I was trying to think of a way to build the community beyond just the podcast episodes and so I was thinking a book club where I get so much of my information from books. I know that's how I started my health journey was just learning from others through reading. And so if we all read the same book, I was thinking one book every other month. Right now, I know it's just starting small and I was the only one to read it. So I am just making it another podcast episode, but maybe in the future we could have actual book discussions before the episode was released. We could set up Zoom meetings, something like that. Or even it doesn't have to be a live conversation. If you guys just even want to read the same books at the same time, submit your feedback, kind of share what you thought, even if you've read it before in the past. So I don't really know how we're going to get there, but I have chosen a few books. So they're going to fall under the four pillars that I always like to talk about. I think that the foundation of building a healthier lifestyle is habits, it's movement, nutrition, and mindset. So the four books will rotate throughout those four pillars. So the one that I chose for this first one is called Own the Day, Own Your Life by Aubrey Marcus. This would fall under habits. Then you guys voted for the next one and that one will be Body Love. And that one So originally I thought that that one was going to be a mindset, but I actually started reading the first few chapters and it definitely falls under nutrition. It has a lot of nutritional information. So that will be that one. And then I have already chosen the two other books. We'll just decide what order we're going to read it in. So the one that will actually be for mindset is My Body is Not an Apology. And then the one for fitness is Shut Up and Run. So what we'll be doing is the first Monday of each month, or not each month, every other month will be a book club episode. This one's a little odd just because I want to throw it in, get it started July 20th, but the next one is the first Monday of September and then November's after that and so on and so forth. So I hope that you enjoy some of the books. You can choose which ones you want, jump on in, but even if you don't read the book, you don't need to to listen to these podcasts. So it's not a book review. I'm not saying, oh, this is who it's good for. This is what I enjoyed. This is what I didn't. No, it's not a book summary. I'm not just going to be going through the chapters talking about exactly what he talks about. 
Also, that might be like plagiarism slash copyright issues, so not doing a book summary. It's a book discussion, so I'm going to be saying what I got out of it, what I've taken into my life to implement, my aha moments while reading it, which is different for everyone too, right? So I'm going to be recording this whole episode just with my input on the book and There's a lot, especially with this one. He talks about daily habits with every part of your life. So what stuck for me might not stick for someone else. So yeah, let's go right into it. So the first one is own the day, own your life. And the reason that I chose this one was because of the inside cover. It sounded exactly like what I was already doing. So I just want to read a blip from that there. So own your day, own your life, cuts through the clutter and noise surrounding nutrition fitness, and mental effectiveness to show you how to supercharge your energy, level up your immune system, decrease stress, and experience mind-altering sex, guiding you through 24 hours of smart, intentional choices, starting with the rock-solid nutrition plan you can actually adhere to and continuing with tools such as intentional breathing, shower temperature, blah, 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 make the most of each moment. So, This sounds great because it's more living intentionally, which I think is where our health starts. We have to be mindful of it. We have to be aware of it. And so these are showing you simple, intentional changes that you can make. So my first big takeaway from the book was how he describes whole fat food. It's a way that I've never once thought about it. So I'm just going to read the quick passage that he mentions it because it's only one paragraph of this book. So the book is almost 400 pages. It's it's a lot. I actually did not read every single word of every chapter, but this one stood out to me. It's just one summary on whole fat yogurt. And he says, The fats and the proteins are the only good parts of dairy for an adult human. The lactose is not because lactose is just another word for milk sugar. By cutting out the fat from dairy, you're basically saying that you want to increase the percentage of sugar relative to the other macronutrients. Great plan. That's like saying you want to increase the amount of smog relative to your fresh air. And that really stuck out to me because I do enjoy milk. I drink skim, 1%, 2% whole milk. Like, I don't really care or have a preference too much. I just choose whatever is available, but... I know that a lot of people, when they think about, okay, I'm going to start washing my calories or I'm going to start, like, conserving, they will make those substitutions. Like, that will be something that they think is an easy substitution, which could be, but when he explains it like that, it's like, yeah, you are just changing the percentage of fat, of proteins, of the macronutrients, and decreasing what you want and then increasing the amount of sugar. And so... I think that's something that's important to think about. You don't have to necessarily be like, okay, now I'm only going to be having the whole milk, the whole yogurt, anything like that, but just kind of be mindful going into it because fat is needed in your diet. And so if you're only substituting low fat things, then that's an important nutrient and you're increasing on something else. You know, if you're going to have a cup of yogurt, then a cup of yogurt with lower fat is higher sugar. And so, yeah, that was just an aha moment of no one's explained it to me that way and once again that is just one paragraph out of this whole book I had three big aha moments that I'll share with you but as I said people reading through this might have even just skipped that paragraph and other parts stuck out to them 
Now, the second of the three lessons that I really learned from this book is also on something really similar. It's also about fat, but the funny thing is, is he didn't write just like a chapter all about learning about fats in your body. So the first one was taken from his breakfast chapter, and that was why I was talking about whole milk, whole fat yogurt in breakfast. And this other one was coming from power plants, where he talks about tobacco, coffees, teas, things like that. And so the second one was from paragraph saying how fat slows caffeine. So why fat with caffeine? Fat is one of the slowest foods to digest and metabolize in the human system. When you mix caffeine with fat, the body can only effectively metabolize the caffeine as fast as it can metabolize fat. To break down fats, the stomach has to wait for a secretion of bile from the gallbladder. There's a natural rate-limiting factor on the mechanism of this action, which forces a slower drip of caffeine into the system. As the caffeine-spurred hormone levels rise slowly, they fall slowly, spreading out the arc and diminishing the spiking and crashing sensation that can come from naked caffeine. So what he's saying here is when you're mixing fat, so say cream, whole milk, any of that in your coffee, then you're not metabolizing as fast. You're not digesting this caffeine as fast. So you're not going to feel it right away with that instant buzz. And then you're also not going to crash. And so this is what I talk about a lot with listening to your body, seeing how different foods react, because if your only measurement or the only thing that you're looking at is calories, 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 then yeah, you might opt for no cream, no anything added. You're just going to have your coffee black because that is lower calories. But say you are getting really jittery from coffee, say you are experiencing crashes at like 1 p.m. and then you then go and get another coffee. Okay, well, how could you change that? Just adding some fat into your coffee, adding that creamer, not being afraid of it. You don't have to then go, oh, I'm going to have the skim milk. Because as we learned from before, the skim milk is just a higher sugar content. So if you prefer your coffee without the cream and sugar, then yes, drink it that way. But if you're only reasoning for what you're putting into your body is the calorie content, that's why I think that we do need to be more educated in this and think about that and then also feel the difference because I think that you will notice. Because I've noticed, I didn't know this is why I did it, but I noticed that, you know, the mixed drinks coffees that I got, the lattes, things like that would have more gradual feeling and that's why I always tended towards them. And now I know why it's because of the fat. It takes longer to digest. So that was definitely an aha moment for me. And then the last practical tip that I got from this before we go into some of my favorite quotes from the book was so simple. I can't even find a good passage or sentence about it in the book just because I would just dumb it down so much for you guys. But he just talks about what you should do first thing when you wake up in the morning. Because it's something that I don't think too much about, right? So I know that I wake up and then I'm either going to work out that morning or I'm not. You know, I'm either going to work out, then go to work, or just go straight to work. Maybe shower. Like, it's very systematic, I guess. It's not very thought out. And he has a few different things that he likes to do. 
such as getting light with this artificial light and a bunch of things that I was like, okay, I definitely won't be adding all of these habits into my routine. But the one that stuck with me is he goes, the first thing that you need to put into your body each day is water. And some days I do do that, but not all the time. Like I think of those days that I don't work out in the morning and maybe I'm late getting up. And so I get out of bed get ready, commute into the office, then I get into the office, make myself a Keurig cup of coffee, sit at my desk, finish the coffee, then midday, maybe at this point it's like 10 or 11 a.m., and I woke up at 7 a.m., that's when I'll be having my first cup of water. And that's wild to me because now that I think about how long that took me to drink water, I didn't have water since before I fell asleep, so probably 10 p.m. the night before. So I went over 12 hours without a single drop of water and think about how much water you're losing in that every time you're sweating you're perspirating when you sleep you you probably sweat in your sleep and you just don't even know like that's how you end up most mornings with the covers thrown on the floor is because you're sweating and your body's just losing water and so he says that he likes to have the water right before coffee, right? And so I could think of that because I don't drink caffeine every day. I don't drink coffee every morning. I can think to myself like water should be the first thing in my mouth each morning. You know, like before any breakfast, before I grab a granola bar, before I have any yogurt, before I do have tea, just drink some water because usually what I find too is I'm so dehydrated in the morning is I don't even have to commit to a full cup of water it just like disappears (laughs) you know like I have a few sips and I'm like oh that tastes so good and then I end up chugging the whole thing and then if I really want to be committed to this trying to even have that before I brush my teeth because brushing my teeth is probably like the second thing I do in the morning you know I change then brush my teeth but imagine just waking up and if you already had that water bottle next to you That'd be an easy way to get a whole cup of water down. And we all are dehydrated. You know, even the days that I actively think about drinking water, I'm sure I'm still dehydrated because I spent the previous six days of that week just not thinking about it. So that's something so simple. I probably did not need to read a well-researched book to know this in my life, but just the way he described it really made sense to me of it should be the first thing in your mouth not oh you should have a cup of water before 9 a.m because that does make sense but it wasn't as visual as the first thing to touch your mouth should be water so yeah the things that I got from it was the full fat foods was adding cream to coffee because That one stuck out to me so much, not because I drink coffee so much and I should be thinking about cream, but it makes me think about all of the other changes that I have made to my diet just because calorically it made sense. Just because I was like, oh, well, I want to eat more of something else, so I'll cut back on calories this way. It's like, okay, but then how is that actually affecting me? And so I think I haven't thought about that as much because we're so ingrained in diet culture and like, oh, almond milk is a healthy alternative. Fat free is a healthy alternative. What's the alternative to this whole nutrient dense thing that we've been enjoying for years? Oh, let's change that now. So I don't know. We'll see how I can add that into other parts of my life too. And then the third one getting hydrated first thing first thing that I'll be doing for the day so that's what I got practically from the book now I wanted to share my favorite quotes from the book that really made me think and made me think about my own habits that maybe weren't even talked about here 
So the first one is, so you ask yourself, are you going to hide from the day under your blankets, squander these minutes and let them pass by, lazily waking up, checking your social media, shoving another K-cup into the espresso machine? Are you going to succumb to comfort? Are you going to own it and stretch yourself a little bit? It's an exercise of will. It's an exercise of choice. It's a routine that will determine how you perform throughout the day and even how you sleep later that night. I love that line. It's an exercise of will. It's an exercise of choice. Because when people start eating healthier, working out, feeling like they want to do all these things, it feels so forced, right? They go, oh, I have to do this. I, oh, I have to order the salad with not the burger. Oh, I have to substitute my fries for veggies. It's always, oh, I have to do this. And no, you don't. It's an exercise of choice. You're choosing to do this because you know the consequence of not working out. You know the consequence of never eating a vegetable. So you're choosing to do that. And so I think that's a powerful way to look at what how you're spending your life, right? So, you know, he goes into a little bit too of owning your day. You have to make all of these decisions consciously, right? You're not just gonna wake up and somehow magically get through the day without planning it and reach your goals, right? Like you should think about how you want to spend the morning, what you want to be consuming, how you want to spend the duration of your day. Because if you don't, then you're just going to have all of these external factors affecting your day and you're not going to feel like you own it. It's going to feel like it owns you. So that was definitely the first one that I liked. The second one was small things have big consequences. Over time, these consequences compound. We are the accumulated momentum of all of our choices. Some of those choices are binary, go to the gym or not. That choice in that moment is going to change your day. Over time, that choice will change your life. We tend to ignore the importance of fractional benefit because we lose sight of the concept of the tipping point, the little benefit that tips the cup to release a flood of benefit. So I love this because I also love the book. It's called The Tipping Point. Highly recommend if you don't really know what he's talking about, but basically every choice you do compounds. So it's really hard to stay exactly the same all the time, right? I know that we don't want to talk about weight too much, but it's like you're probably either a calorie surplus. So you're either consuming more calories than you burn, which over the time leads to weight gain, or you're in a calorie deficit, which is where you burn more calories than you eat. So then you're decreasing weight. And usually, you know, if you've been the same weight for 10 years, it's because each day is one of the two and it evens out. But for you to actually eat the exact same amount of calories that you burn, it's very, very hard if you could even track that. So it's very uncommon. So what he's talking about with the momentum is just picture everything like that. You know, you're either compounding of a bunch of days in the row of the surplus or a bunch of days in a row in the deficit and then when you look back it won't be a one day thing it will be okay all of these efforts have compounded at once so when you start to think about living your healthier lifestyle think about how long you've been living like you are currently right? Like when I started noticing that I needed more vegetables in my life, it was because I hadn't eaten them regularly for years. So then I can't start one week 
eating all vegetables and be like, okay, I should start to see a change now. Like, you know, all of my efforts in the past years had already compounded. So now it's going to take time to reverse that. And so that's what I really like to think. Small things have big consequences. None of these habits are that big. We can also think about hydration, right? Hydrating isn't that hard. It's not that big. It's just drinking water. You probably already do. You just need to drink more of it. But it does have huge consequences. Like think about when you are dehydrated, how lack of focus you have, how that's all you can think about. So we need to start doing the little things that will project us upwards that we might not notice day to day, but will compound over time. And then the very last quote that I loved from this book was from page one. It's from the introduction. It says, because a day isn't just about what you put into your body, how you look in the mirror, or how much production you can squeeze from eight hours of work. It's about how you feel, whose lives you connect with, and how much fun you have along the way. And that's really why I strive for everyone to live a healthier lifestyle. I've said it before and I'll say it again, this isn't girls gone 10 pounds skinnier. (laughs) You know, this is girls gone healthy because I think a healthier lifestyle does lead to all those things. A healthier lifestyle affects how you feel. So you feel more like yourself. You feel more confident with yourself. You feel like you have the energy to do what you want. Not that you feel skinnier, right? Like that's not the goal. The goal is to feel like the best version of yourself and then also who lives you connect with and how much fun you have along the way. That's also the point of this is because so many people are insecure on how they look or they're also so focused on losing weight, dropping 10 pounds, going on all these diets that that's where their energy is going to. I don't want my energy going to that anymore. I want my energy going to enjoying what I'm doing my relationships I'm building, what fun activities I can have, not, oh, we're going to that bar, what should I be ordering? Oh, I'm going out for drinks again? Oh, okay, that's gonna put me over my calorie limit of the day. Like, no, that's not how you should be living your life. And so I think that sentence sums it up perfectly. I'm just gonna read it again one more time. Because a day isn't just about what you put into your body how you look in the mirror, or how much production you can squeeze from eight hours of work. It's about how you feel, whose lives you connect with, and how much fun you have along the way. So I know that Aubrey did not write this for Girls Gone Healthy, (laughs) but it sounds like he could have because I read that first line because it's the first page of the book. And I was like, yes, that is everything that I incorporate. And so Even though his methods are a little bit different, you know, there was a ton that I didn't talk about. He talks about your commute to work, your sleep schedule, how to get a good power nap in, things like that that I didn't necessarily relate to, but everyone reaches their healthy goals in a different way. And maybe if I did go back and read this at a different point, I would relate to those other things because, I mean, right now, I have no commute. I'm commuting to my bedroom from my bedroom and... I don't need to read about power naps. I am sleeping plenty during quarantine. So this time I just really got a lot of nutrition from it. I got 
a lot of helpful advice that I think I could implement right away. So if you guys have read this book, let me know what you thought, what chapters were your favorite. This is a 400 page book, so it is huge. I'm sure everyone has a different opinion and if you're interested in reading it, just let me know. We could always have a discussion sometime later. I know that Aubrey does have his own podcast as well. If you wanted to find out more about him, I did look it up and it wasn't it wasn't really aligned with his book. So I thought that I'd be getting like a lot of like simple, easy facts like the book from his podcast. Um, and unfortunately, it is way over my head of scientific things, of mental things. His whole brand is human optimization, more performance, things like that, which are way over my head. But yeah, definitely go check him out. And as I said, the next book that we're going to be reading is called Body Love. It is by Kelly Leverick something like that. Um, It says, live in balance, weigh what you want, and free yourself from food drama forever. And I really like her. She also has a podcast. I think most authors are starting to, but basically she used to be a celebrity dietitian. Now I think her stuff is just really relatable for the common person, so that's why I picked up her book. I actually found it from a Goodwill for $3, so that shows you how long I've had this laying around because shops have not been open for 18 weeks now, but I'm excited for this book. Uh, You can also just download it online, so if you are interested in reading this one with me, we will be discussing it the first week of September, so let me know if you're reading it and then we can have a discussion about it instead of me blabbering on, but thanks for tuning in. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this podcast, do me a favor and take a screenshot right now and post it on your Instagram story. You can tag me at underscore Emily Kaufman, at underscore Emily Kaufman. Come say hi, come say what's up. I'd love to connect with you and this would help support me to continue bringing you free content. See you next time. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.